Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 6 of New Moon, titled Friends. Cuz you got to have friends. Before we get into it, I just wanted to shout out Robin spelled like the bird. <laughs> so R-O-B-I-N. Thanks, Robin. She sent in a review and I just thought it was really cute and great and it made me feel nice. So she said, perfect for reformed twihards. Just started listening. I love a good roast of Bella, Edward and the gang any day. It's like Nathan's reading my mind with his dry wit. So glad to hear is expanding to other books too. So thank you so much for that, Robin spelled like the bird. I really appreciate when people do ratings and reviews. So thank you so much. And did you all notice I dropped on the feed the first episode of the Patreon exclusive recaps of 365 days? I did that because um, some of the feedback I'd been getting on the Patreon was that that book's, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's quite heavy in some of the themes and scenes. So I just thought I'd get that out there so people knew what they were getting into if they signed up for the Patreon and if like, that's your bag, that's your bag. And I just heard that Netflix are going to be making the rest of that series into movies as well. So, I mean, it's the worst thing I've ever read, but people must enjoy it because Netflix are making two sequels, two sequels about it. And I just think that's outrageous. And my initial reaction was, oh, fuck, now I've got to recap it. (laughs) But if you are interested in that, it's patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. And I don't think I've got any other news. So let's get straight into chapter six of New Moon. Where we left off, Bella picked up those bikes on the side of the road and she conned Jacob into helping her out. And so we start this chapter with her and Jacob, you know, hiding the bikes in the garage. And so Jacob just gets to work pulling shit apart and Bella just sits down and watches. Like, help out a bit, Bella. Help out a bit. I don't even think she offered. She just sat there and watched. And so Jacob's just telling her all about Quill and Embry. And she's like, they're weird names. And it's like, okay, Judgy McJudgerson. But Jacob's like, yeah, well, Quill's a family name and Embry got named after a soap opera star. And then they hear voices and Jacob's like, speak of the devil and the devil shall appear. And that just means that Embry and Quill are coming, which is a bit dramatic to be calling them the devil. And then guess who rocks up? Yep, two tall, dark-skinned boys. Again, with the dark skin comments, like, okay, we get it. So she says, one slender and almost as tall as Jacob. He has black hair that's chin length and parted down the middle with one side tucked behind his left ear and the right side swinging freely. (laughs) 
And then the other boy, he has a well-developed chest. So he's got pecs and his hair was short, almost like a buzz cut. So I'm just picturing the three of them and I'm thinking, Jacob's got long hair. This guy's got long hair. The other one's got a buzz cut. Are they trying to be Hanson? I think they're trying to be a little boy band Hanson here. But good for them. I love the hair diversity in this book. So Jacob does the introductions. She meets Quill and Embry. And both of the boys get pretty excited about the bike repair that Jacob's doing. And they say lots of words she doesn't understand. And Bella narrates, many of the words they used were unfamiliar to me. And I figured I'd have to have a Y chromosome to really understand the excitement. Uh, I mean, girls can be mechanics. Like, come on, it's 2021. Wake up to yourself. I mean, I'm a boy and I have no clue about bikes and cars and engines and motors and things. I drive with the handbrake on all the time because I'm dumb when it comes to mechanical stuff. So maybe I've got the wrong chromosomes. But then she decides that she better leave and she sighs and gets up to leave. And Jacob's like, oh, we're boring you, aren't we? And I guess he thinks that because she's sighing. But she says no. And well, no, she says no. N-A-W. He said, we're boring you, aren't we? And she says, no. <laughs> um, what an interesting way to say no. No. <laughs> she says, no, I just have to go and cook dinner for Charlie. Again, because she's got the chromosome, which means that she's the chef in the family, I guess. But she realizes when she said no, it wasn't a lie. She was actually enjoying herself. And she thinks, how strange. No. She says she'll come back tomorrow and Jacob's like, oh, great. Well, I'll put together a list of parts we need to buy. And he says, I'm still not sure I should let you pay for everything. And she says, no, I'm bankrolling this party. You just have to supply the labor and the expertise. Just the labor and the expertise. Like that's not nothing, Bella. Pay people for their labor. Ugh. And Jacob's like, oh, I just don't feel right. And she says, Jake, if I went to a mechanic, how much would they charge me to do this up? And he's like, all right, you're getting a good deal here. And she's like, yeah, and the writing lessons, remember? And I'm like, yeah, we all know she's getting a great deal here. They're free fucking bikes. She hasn't paid a cent yet. And all throughout this convo, like the boys are nudging and winking and laughing because it's clear Jacob has a crush on Bella. She knows this, she's exploiting this, but it's sort of starting to feel like the crush might be reciprocated. Ooh. And that's the sound that Quill and Embry make when she leaves. They go, and then she hears the sound of a brief scuffle. (laughs) So they're roughhousing and she's giggling quietly. Giggling. Like, has she ever giggled with Edward? We read a whole book and I don't think she giggled once. She thought he hated her for the first half of the book, remember? Because she thought her hair stunk or something. And then once they did start hanging out together, it was just all very melodramatic. And I don't think she giggled once. Not once, but here she is giggling. And she's registering the change. She's like, wait a minute, I'm laughing, actually laughing. And there's not even anyone watching. And she says, I felt so weightless that I laughed again just to make the feeling last longer. So at this stage, I'm like, yeah, Team Jacob, ditch the fucking vampire. This guy's nice. He's making you feel good. But also, you don't have to date him. You can just be his friend. You could be team nobody and just be like, oh, it's nice that they're friends and she doesn't need to date anyone. 
and she should just focus on her calculus. So when Charlie gets home, she's grinning and Charlie's like, what's going on? Are you on crack? And she's like, oh, no, I just had fun with Jacob. And he's like, that's great. What'd you guys do? And she's like, oh, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that, because she doesn't want Charlie to know about the bike situation. Because remember the whole point of her getting the bike is so that she can be reckless, so that she can hear the disembodied voice of her ex-boyfriend. And then she says the interrogation had to stop when Charlie began chewing, (laughs) but he continued to study my face as he ate. Interrogation. He just said, did you have fun with Jacob? And what did you two do? Two questions. Two questions and it's an interrogation. And then she says after dinner, she did it around cleaning the kitchen twice. Why has she got to clean the kitchen as well? Like, I know some people who live together, like couples or roommates, they do that thing where like, oh, if you cook, then I'll clean up. Like, you know, equitable division of labor, of chores. But it looks like Charlie's just the laziest fucking piece of shit. I'm sorry if I'm swearing, but I know what it's like to live with someone who doesn't contribute. And it's not fun. It's not fun. Nobody likes that. But Charlie's got it made. Thanks to the chromosomes that he's born with, he can just come home, have dinner ready for him when he's home, and then not have to lift a finger to clean up. He's got it made. It's just outrageous. So he's just watching a hockey game. And then he says it's late. So he gets up, stretches, and then leaves and turns the light out behind him while she was still in the living room. doing her homework. So he just turned the lights off on her. Yeah, guys, Charlie sucks. Charlie sucks. I can see why Renee left TBH. And she's dreading going to bed because of the nightmares. Remember those horrible nightmares where she's looking around in the forest? (laughs) I hate to laugh, but like other people's nightmares are like death, destruction, snakes, spiders, clowns, earthquakes. Hers is she's in a forest and she can't find what she's looking for. So she lies down preparing herself for those horrible dreams. And then the next thing she knows, it's morning. So she doesn't have a nightmare for the first time in four months. That's a big deal. And she doesn't stop to think being like, huh, wonder what the determining factor is there that changed everything. Maybe I should keep pursuing that. And she's like, oh God, that's great. Can't wait for this motorbike so I can hear Edward's voice. So then over breakfast, Charlie's like, what are you up to today? And oh, another interrogation. He's just grilling her with all these questions. (laughs) But she's like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Jacob. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. And Charlie's like, well, Harry was going to come watch the game with me anyway. And she's like, well, maybe Harry could give Billy a ride up. So Bella's thinking, get the adults away from La Push so she can have her little dangerous motorbike repair. But Charlie's like, wow, what a beautiful idea, Bella. Thank you for being so thoughtful. And then she leaves and she's feeling self-conscious because she has a checkbook shoved into her jacket. (laughs) And she doesn't want Charlie to see the checkbook. I mean, a checkbook. She's kicking it old school. Kicking it old school. And I know it's like the 2000s. It's like 15 years ago. But I do sort of feel like checks were on their way out already. Like what? tween reading this was like, what the fuck's a checkbook? And got straight on to ask Jeeves and was like, hey, Jeeves, what's a checkbook? Like, Stephanie, come on. Why overcomplicate things? Just let her have cash. So she drives up to Jacob's place and gets there. It's raining. He meets with an umbrella. He's like, good job with the whole inviting the dads to the game thing. And he gives her a high five and she smiles and she feels 
happy. And then Jacob gives her like a tour of his room and she says that the room is tiny, which I think is being a bit overcritical, but Bella's not really a nice person. So she's critiquing Jacob on the size of his room. And then she says, so where to Mr. Goodwrench? So where to Mr. Goodwrench? What does that mean? What is that a reference to? I'm going to have to do a quick Ask Jeeves. I'll be be back in one second. Okay, so I just did a quick Google. And Mr. Goodwrench was an auto repair service for General Motors back in 1977. 1977, 1978. These were when the commercials were where they were like, Mr. Goodwrench. Now, come on. Come on. Bella's 18 in let's say 2005, she's still not born yet. She wasn't born in the late seventies, Steph. Steph's like, this'll be a hilarious reference for everyone reading. And, and no, no, no one got that. Commercials from 1978, Mr. Goodwrench. And here comes Bella Swan, who should be quoting Sabrina the Teenage Witch or some other Melissa Joan Hart vehicle. But now she's quoting some General Motors ad from before she was even born. So she tells us that it was a strange day, but she enjoyed herself even at the dump where they went looking for parts. And she starts thinking about what's different. And she's like, maybe it's Jacob that's making me feel so happy. And I'm like, well, no fucking duh, babe. But also maybe it's having a hobby. But she says, Jacob was a simply perpetually happy person. And he carried that happiness with him like an aura, sharing it with whoever was near him, like an earthbound sun. Whenever someone was within his gravitational pull, Jacob warmed them. It was natural, a part of who he was. No wonder I was so eager to see him. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, like I just watched all of the Twilight movies. And... Taylor Lautner playing Jacob does not give me happy vibes. Maybe it's because he turns into a werewolf, but all throughout Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, he is just surly, surly Bo Burley. Like, did he crack a smile once? I think ever since he got the haircut, he didn't smile. So I'm hoping Book Jacob doesn't turn so negative once he becomes a vampire. I can't really remember it. So it could very well happen, but I'm going to miss Happy Jacob if that's the case. Or Taylor Lawton is a shit actor. Or both. Both things could be right at the same time. So then they go on a two-hour drive to some place called Hoquiam, which has an auto parts shop. And it's two hours away. And I'm thinking, surely you could have just gone to Seattle or something for an auto parts shop. Why are you going two hours out of your way to Hoquiam? But she had an enjoyable round trip with him. They were chatting about school and stuff. Apparently Quill has been getting into some trouble because he asked out a senior's steady girlfriend. And she says Quill's funny and he says Quill likes you too. And she says, he's a little young for me. And then Jacob frowns. So, so much for smiling all the time. And Jacob's like, well, he's not that much younger than you. It's just a year and a few months. And Bella's like, I have a feeling we're not talking about Quill anymore. Like, well, of course not. It's not a particularly subtle conversation, but yeah, he's talking about himself. And then she says, sure, but considering the difference in maturity between guys and girls, remember because of the chromosome difference, 
Don't you have to count that in dog years? What does that make me about 12 years older? So interesting that she's talking about dog years since he does turn out to be a werewolf. And then they do some flirting like, oh, well, Jacob's taller, so his age should be higher. And then it depends on what you can do and what skills you have, whether your age goes up or down. It's all meaningless banter, but they're flirting. They're flirting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And then Bummer Bella in the narration, takes us out of that fun moment. And she says, even though I was enjoying myself more than I thought possible, there was no lessening of my original desire. I still wanted to cheat. It was senseless and I was going to be as reckless as I could possibly manage in forks. Thanks for bumming us out again, Bella. So they get to work back at Jake's garage. And again, Bella's just sitting there watching him do everything. And she says that when he's working with his hands, he's really graceful. Which is surprising because when he's on his feet, because he's so big, he's almost as clumsy as Bella is. Which, uh, what? Jacob has given no indication that he's a clumsy person. I just think Stephanie's like, you're either clumsy or you're graceful. There's no in between. There's no other way to describe a character. Like all throughout these books, people are only ever described as whether they're clumsy or they're graceful. And like, who does that in real life? I'm not looking at people thinking he walks gracefully or she looks like she could trip over at any moment, but no, that's Stephanie's worldview. Everyone's either clumsy or graceful or she's just trying to lay the groundwork for like, oh, look, he's clumsy now, but as soon as he turns into a werewolf, he'll be graceful. And I'm like, well, that's a well-worn path already at this point in these books. And like, he's going to get a haircut. That'll do it. That's enough of a signifier of change for us, but no, she's 
Coming out of nowhere saying that he's clumsy. (sighs) And I still think Bella's not even that fucking clumsy. (laughs) I mean, the car almost hit her. Not her fault. She didn't fall down a set of stairs and break her arm. That was James trying to kill her. I mean, what has she done that's that clumsy? I think when she was running to the dance studio in Phoenix, she might've tripped over a couple of times, but she was flustered (laughs) and it was funny. But what's been that clumsy? Maybe in the forest at one point before the baseball game, she fell over and Edward laughed at her. I have a vague memory of that. But other than that, I mean, she talks about herself being the most dangerous person on legs. And yet she still has to get a motorbike in order to be reckless. Whereas you'd think just walking down the street would be reckless for her because she's such a clumsy nightmare. Oh, the inconsistencies. But then she hears Billy calling for them and also Charlie. So Charlie's rocked up to La Push. I don't think that was the plan. I feel like they were going to go to Charlie's house. So this must be a surprise change in plans, but she doesn't seem surprised at all. So maybe Stephanie forgot what the plan was and just kept writing the book. Who knows? So Jacob turns off the lights in the garage and takes her hand and walks her out of the garage through the trees. And even though it's dark, his feet find the familiar path easily. So he does sound light on his feet. He doesn't sound like a clumsy person because he's too tall. And she says his hands were rough and very warm. Well, yeah, because he's been working. You've been sitting there doing nothing. He's been working with his hands all afternoon. Of course they're rough and warm. Oh, wait, no. And then she says, despite the path, we were both tripping over our feet in the darkness. So they're clumsy again. He was fi- his feet were finding the path easily, <laughs> but now they're tripping over their feet because it's dark, even though they're on the path. Ugh. Ugh. Clumsy out of nowhere. Clumsy out of nowhere. So Billy had invited Charlie over for dinner and Jacob and Bella are like, hi dad, to both Billy and Charlie. And they're like, oh, hi. And they're still holding hands. So I bet Charlie's like, oh God, not another one. Not another one. Just be single for a bit, Bella. And Harry Clearwater's there too. Don't know if he brought his fish fry. And Harry's daughter, Leah, is there too. And she's beautiful in an exotic way. AKA not white, her perfect copper skin, glistening black hair and eyelashes like feather dusters. (sighs) That's what's exotic about her. Her skin, her hair and her eyelashes. I, (sighs) and then Harry's younger son, Seth is also there. She doesn't say what his skin color is. So that's something. So they all eat spaghetti from plates in their lap, sitting out in the yard which is kind of fun. That's a fun little vibe. And everyone's talking over each other, telling jokes, and she's smiling, but only because she felt like smiling. How lovely. And she says, I didn't want to leave. But this was Washington, so the inevitable rain eventually broke up the party. So her and Charlie rack off and drive back to Forks. And again, she's worried that she's going to have a nightmare that night. God. Nothing happens in this book without us knowing about it. So she goes and checks her emails and there's a message from Renee. And so apparently Renee's just been journaling via email to her daughter. Just saying that, you know, she's quit meditation classes, but now she's doing a new book club. Phil's enjoying his new coaching job. They're planning a second honeymoon trip to Disney World. I'm thinking, Renee, come and visit your daughter. How about that? If you're going to plan a trip, 
visit your daughter. She's just gone through a horrific breakup, has been depressed for months. Maybe pop in instead of sending her a half-hearted email. And because Bella's not a normal human being, she's reading this being like, oh, it's all my fault that this email is so unpersonal from my mother. It's because I've not probably been responding well enough. So she's just feeling bad that Renee's email is shit and she thinks it's her fault. She thinks all of her previous emails must have been really unresponsive and that just makes her feel guilty. And like, you could just go into your sent folder and double check, but she's like, I can't even remember what I said to her last time. Just, just check your sent folder. So she writes back a quick email, like, you know, acknowledging what she said, talking a bit about her life and about Jacob and the spaghetti party, she calls it. (laughs) Describing the spaghetti party at Billy's. Like it was just dinner where they ate spaghetti, but okay, a spaghetti party. But the spaghetti party wasn't enough for her to not dream that night. So she has the dream and she wakes up screaming. But there had been a change. So last night she wasn't alone in the woods. Sam Uli, the man who found her, he was there. And his dark eyes (laughs) had been surprisingly unfriendly and were filled with some secret that he didn't seem inclined to share. And when she didn't look directly at him, his shape seemed to shiver and change in her peripheral vision. So now she's like having a little prophecy moment where she's like, yeah, he's a werewolf. Like, how does she know this? Like, I know this book is tinged with the supernatural, but is she, is she a witch? Is she a fortune teller? Because she's really stringing along clues that aren't there. And, and her subconscious is figuring it all out. So then she goes to school and she realizes now that she's paying attention, it was clear that no one really cared about her or was watching her. She said, it was like I wasn't there. Even my teacher's eyes slid past my seat as if it were empty. Big yikes. So she starts to make a bit of an effort and she sits down next to Jess in calc. And she's like, hey, Jess, how was the rest of your weekend? And Jess was like, this crazy bitch. And she was like, yes, super. So Jess is giving her the cold shoulder and Bella tells us that it must have been a literal cold shoulder because she was feeling really cold. So then she puts her jacket on. (laughs) Why do we need to know this? So now Jess is Elsa and she's projecting a cold winter breeze from her shoulders. So she's got a touch of the supernatural too. Oh, this book is ridiculous. Oh, and then her class before lunch got out late. So the lunch table she sat at was full by the time she arrived. Like who cares? And so sitting there was Mike, Jessica, Angela, Connor, Tyler, Eric, chess club Eric, that is, Lauren, Katie Marshall, uh, and Austin Marks, who's the older brother to the boy with the motorcycles. So she's still not naming that poor boy. Still doesn't know his name, but she knows a brother. And apparently she'd been sitting with this guy for the past four months and she doesn't know his brother's name. Self-involved much. And it really must be like she's waking up out of a coma because she's looking around being like, oh, Lauren's got new hair. I wonder when that happened. And I was like, wow, you really didn't notice anything. That's bad. So Lauren had cut off all her blonde corn silk hair and now she's got a pixie cut that was short and the back was shaved like a boy. And she thinks, what an odd thing for her to do. I wish I knew the reason behind it. Did she get gum stuck in it? Did she sell it? Um, she's not Fontaine from Les Mis. (laughs) 
This isn't a lovely lady's situation where she's got to sell her hair to send her daughter two francs. And then she thinks, did all the people that she was habitually nasty to catch her behind the gym and scalp her? And then she thinks, well, it's not for me to judge, which she had been doing for the past five minutes. But she goes, it's not for me to judge. For all I knew, she turned into a nice person. Because remember, a haircut signifies a huge change in someone's personality. <laughs> no one in these books can just get a haircut. Mm-mm. It's got to mean something. But yeah, 10 francs will save her poor Cosette. And then Angela had changed her hair too. So Angela's growing out her layers. So maybe Angela's going through some stuff or hair grows in four months. That could be it. Hair changes, people get cuts. That's life. So then Angela starts telling a riveting story about how she was going to go on a picnic and they drove up north to the hot springs, but then they saw something. And she's like, we think it was a bear. It was black, but it seemed too big. And Lauren's like, ugh, as fucking if, bitch. So Lauren is still a mean person. She snorts and says, oh no, not you too. And she's mocking. And she says, Tyler tried to sell me that one last week. And Jess is like, yeah, you're not going to see bears that close to the resort. And Angela's like, well, geez, I'm telling you, I saw a bear. Why would I lie? And then Lauren's snickering because Lauren's a bitch. Short hair, long hair. She's still a bitch. And then Bella pipes up and she says, no, she's right. We had a hiker in the store who saw the bear too. He said it was huge and black and just outside of town. Isn't that right, Mike? And then everyone's like gaping at her like, what? They're all staring at her in shock. The new girl, Katie, has her mouth hanging open, comically open, and nobody's moving. And they're all like, wow, Bella's talking. And Mike's like, uh, yeah there was a guy who said he saw a huge black bear. And then they all get over it and Lauren changes the subject. But Mike and Angela are still staring at her and Mike's like, so what'd you do this weekend, Bella? He's just like testing the waters, being like, don't go too far, Mike. Don't go too far. She's talking, ease into it. And she's like, well, Friday night, Jessica and I went to a movie in Port Angeles. And then on the rest of the weekend, I spent time in La Push. And so then everyone's looking at Jessica being like, is that true, bitch? So then Mike starts feeling comfortable. So he starts asking more questions about like what the movie was. Did she like it? Did she think it was scary? And I'm like, slow your roll, Mike. Too much too soon. And then Angela says thanks to Bella because, you know, Bella sort of stood up for her by being like, yeah, there was a bear. Even though we all know it's not a bear. It's a fucking werewolf at this point. Like, hello. But then Angela's like, hey, Bella, are you okay? And Bella makes out like it's a terrible thing to ask someone if they're okay. And she's like, this is why I'd pick Jessica over Angela to hang with because Jessica would never ask me if I'm okay. (laughs) But she admits that she's not completely okay, but she is a little better. And Angela's like, I'm glad I've missed you. And that's kind of cute. I'm kind of glad that Bella opened up to her and admitted that she wasn't feeling great. So this is why it's a good thing to ask your friends if they're okay. I, I, I encourage that. But Lauren, ugh, evil Fontaine, she says, oh joy, Bella's back. And like, you can tell she's rolling her eyes. And then Bella's like, hmm, what's today's date? (laughs) And Angela's like, yeah, it's January 19th. And Bella's like, it's a year ago since I moved to Forks, exactly. And Angela's like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. But she just says, nothing's changed much. 
And Bella's like, I know, I was just thinking the same thing. And that's the end of the chapter. And they're incorrect. Clearly something's changed. Lauren's got a haircut and someone else is growing out their bangs. So like lots going on at Forks High, lots of change. But she's like, yeah, nothing changes much. And I was like, yeah, but what, what the hell do you mean? Of course everything's changed. Bella came to that school a year ago, not knowing that the supernatural existed. And now she's having premonitions about werewolves in a sleep. Now she knows all about vampires. <sighs> she's had vampire venom coursing through her veins until her boyfriend sucked it out <laughs> and then almost killed her because he was drinking her blood. But no, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. (laughs) What a dickhead. Well, that's the end of the chapter. (laughs) And the next chapter is called Repetition. And we all know if there's one thing that Stephanie Meyer likes, it's repetition. So I expect more of the same. More of the same. I don't know when the plot's going to get a little stirring up. Where's Victoria? Isn't she out there? Victoria, come and kill Bella for me. That'd be great. (sighs) Ah. I'll see you next time for some more repetition. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.